Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pinnacle. We've rebranded from The Pinnacle's Producers Podcast, and we're sticking with this. Uh, so The Pinnacle, it is from now on. Today, I have Nick Nash, who's a part of the Viral Collective. He's a music producer and sample maker. He moved from North Carolina to LA, and he has credits with Sleepy Hollow, Weston Estate, Kid G, Fetty Wap, Guap Dad 4000, Marco Luca, Kadoku, and Kevin Powers. He's one of my favorite producers, uh, specifically because of his work with independent artists. The way he's been able to generate numbers by working locally is really impressive and something that everyone can learn from. So without further ado, this is his second time on my podcast, and we definitely have a lot more to talk about this time around. So I hope you guys enjoy and uh, please like and subscribe and share. I know it's generic, but it really does help out, especially because we're in the starting phases of this podcast. And yeah, I'll leave you guys to it. Enjoy. All right, what's up, guys? I'm Nick Nash. Um, I'm a producer with Viral Effect Music. Uh, recently did Love Em All on Sleepy Hollow's last project, Only 16 on Kid G's last project. Been working with my independent artists a lot. But uh, yes, that's pretty much me. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on again, man. It's been such a long time like since we last spoke. Right. Um, so it's really cool to to talk to you, especially since you've had a lot of success in those years and a lot's changed since. Thank you, my guy. Good to talk um, to you again, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, of course. And let's just start off right right off the bat with the new um, new uh, news, I guess. And you guys, Viral just got its um, number one plaque for Jake, which is really dope. Uh, so tell me a little bit about that. Um, we'll, we'll get into the details of the album and all that, but I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment for you guys. Yeah, so uh, we have this, these two producers on our team, Decay on the Beat and Produced by Alec, uh, and they made a sample that um, this producer named Taurus used. He's Gunna's engineer. He's got, a, uh, I think, like three records on the Wanna project, and he's got a bunch of records with all the YSL guys. And so that's how that beat actually ended up in Thug's hands, who, who I guess they were probably in the studio with Gunna recording, and then Gunna maybe played it for Thug or something. And it ended up being a Young Thug featuring Gunna song on the album, um, but yeah, we we picked them up like a year ago, and well, actually Alec was more recent. We met him through Decay, we, but we've been with Decay. He was one of the first people to sign to Viral, and he made that record happen. And uh, Jake, Alex, and Bighead, our, our managers, uh, just handled that record for him. And next thing you know, it goes number one on Billboard. That's amazing, man. Um, yeah. So in terms of Viral, I talked a little bit um, to Tyler about Viral, um, but just take me through the journey of how that even came about like from your perspective yeah so um basically covid happened and i moved home from college and i know a lot of people were just kind of like taking time off and we kind of started to look because we had taken a couple trips really just like two trips to la uh before just his friends like me jake tyler and adot um and luke white actually no he came along after but uh yeah so i guess us four we we were taking a couple trips and we were like yo Airbnbs and flights are super cheap right now. So we took like five trips that year while uh, all the prices were super cheap. It was kind of irresponsible because I mean, COVID, but like we got to take advantage of it and and link up and work while we can. So Mm -hmm. we did that. And on the first trip, it was in Atlanta of May, 2020. And we had always kind of just like talked about starting a collective, but there was really no reason to. It was just been like a a name that we all were under and that's about it. but we were just like, you know what? We really got all of us really like working together. So let's let's start a collective. Jake just got his placement with uh, Young Pinch, Long Day, which he did with Big Head. They were kind of interested in working with us more. It wasn't really anything 
real yet, but we knew Jake was like having starting to get some connections and some of the independent artists I was working with were starting to pop off. So we were like, okay, we have some resources that we can really combine together and uh, like let each other use our resources and whatnot to really become successful because you really need a team if you want to really be successful in the music industry. So we were like, you know what? Let's do a collective. We always were saying, uh, I think Jake's homie a while back, he had this saying, let's go viral. Like, you know, before we would take a shot or before we would go out, you'd be like, y'all, y'all ready to go viral? So we were like, you know what? Let's call our collective viral. Um, and that just kind of stuck. But yeah, we started to just keep taking those trips. And eventually uh, they got, Jake got his placement with Gunna through Big Hit as well. And they decided to sign Jake um, and said, hey, you know what? Screw signing Jake. Let's just do a partnership and let him pick his own people that he wants to bring aboard and we'll essentially just do a joint venture with big head music group call it viral and let it rock <laughs> yo it's funny you bring up the viral thing like how jake's homie was saying it because mm-hmm. i remember on twitter i'd see you guys saying it all the time before i even knew what it was like i and so i started saying it as a joke too like i thought it was <laughs> the funniest like it's catchy it's catchy yeah. so um yeah so when i heard you guys were actually like starting a group I, at that time i just i didn't know what it was i just knew it was some sort of a group of, of that's all i really knew um that was really cool to see and yeah man i told tyler the same thing like consistency is really everything and you guys have been really consistent like since you guys started it it seems at least from our perspective from an outsider perspective you guys have been really really consistent and just on track the whole time um and Tyler was telling me a little bit about how you're, you as a person are very structured throughout your day. And he says, he, he said something about you being some form of a robot. So um, just tell me a little bit about like what a day in your life looks like now at this point and maybe your morning routine. Yeah. So um, my morning routine is I'll, I'll just get up and probably, I need to stop doing this. I always just get on my phone right away when I get up. I'm trying to get better about that, but uh, I'll get up and just like check my notifications, respond to anything that's like really pressing. Then I'll just hop in the shower and kind of relax uh, and make some breakfast, drink some coffee. Don't really do anything like, like, I don't start my day too quick, but then once I feel like, okay, I'm starting to get a little creative inspired, I'll sit down and I'll start either making a beat or a loop. I don't really care whatever I'm feeling you know I'll just start making that and I'll do that as soon as I do that until about like 1 or 2 p.m then uh take my pre-workout eat some lunch go to the gym come back try and make some more if I can't uh make anything else uh, I'll probably just like go through my beats and either send out packs or like upload beats to YouTube and things like that I'll try to get some more work done before dinner do that and then really after dinner it just depends what jake's in the mood for if he wants to make beats or loops or something i'll do that i'll just keep working but uh, a lot of times we'll end up just like playing madden at night or you know some video game or something like that but um mm. that's just like a, a normal day where we don't have any studio sessions so if we have a studio session booked we kind of have to plan the day around that uh, so like on sundays for example it's viral sundays over at big heads house they have a it's like the seven bedroom house when the studio has been renovated into like two studio rooms and uh yeah so on sundays from like five o'clock till like 1 a.m uh the whole team can go over there uh they'll try and bring some people through or maybe we can bring our own people through and so on those days i try to take it easy until the session um yeah last night i actually fell asleep at the session a little bit but oh well yeah fair enough yeah well that's really cool that he like you know there's i mean i hear certain partnerships music it can it can go all kinds of ways but the fact that he's really setting aside like 
specific time slots for you guys um and giving you that space is really dope mm -hmm. um so take me back a little bit i know we probably touched on this we touched on a lot in the first episode but since i'm kind of revamping the podcast um tell me a little bit about uh you growing up and where music started to come into your life and how when at what point you started to take it more serious okay so the first time i really started to like even try and make music i don't know if anyone remembers the uh the movie let it shine it was like a knockoff of eight mile and uh it's like a disney movie and me and my friend who i'm not even really tight with anymore but he was like my best friend at the time and we still talk a little bit he doesn't make music anymore but we it was like a rap battle movie so we would just like start rap battling and shit like that and we found this app uh i don't it's like rap kings or some shit like that i don't even know and basically you could just like put little pre-made loops together and then record on them in the app and, and like put out the song and try and like win rap battles against other people or like go on the charts and stuff and so basically i like i tried to rap and i did not go well like i cannot rap especially as like a 12 year old kid so um I started yeah. just putting all the loops together and we did our little duo. It was called Beat and Flow. And so I was like the beat guy and he would rap. And <laughs> nice. it was actually fun. We got like kind of popular on the app for, for what it was. But um, yeah, so I did that with him and then I moved away. And we didn't really make, I didn't make any music uh, after that. But then this other homie that I played basketball with at the time introduced me to John Bellion, who's to this day my biggest inspiration. If anyone doesn't know who he is, please go check him out he's like life-changing uh and he introduced me to his music and i found some like behind the scenes videos of him making his songs on youtube and after i saw that i was like i didn't know i was going to do this as a career yet but i was like yo i'm going to really try and get good at this at that point i would say like that is the defining moment of like when i became a music producer but yeah uh, after that i just you know went down the rabbit hole and eventually started making an not like enough money to live on at, at this point but i was starting to make a couple hundred bucks a month and i was like you know what i want to do this as a career and now here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it was it was actually because of you that I looked up John Bellion because I'd heard the name before, but I never really watched his videos. But for me, it was Ryan Leslie. That was like one of the biggest inspirations in terms of the, you know, it was the same thing. There was a lot of behind the scenes footage of him um, and he'd make his own videos and stuff. And anyways, so, yeah, John Bellion is definitely a cool, a very interesting inspiration, um, especially, you know, I, I saw you tweet about it once when you're not. When you're feeling uninspired, like a John Bellion session can really get you going. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Or even just listening um, to his album. Like, it's just like every time, not every time at this point, because I've listened to so many, like his album all the way through so many times. But a lot of times I'll, I'll listen to a song for the like fourth or 17th time or something and notice something that I didn't before. And it's really rare that artists nowadays you can say that about. Okay. And how did the move to LA come about? Like, was that a fairly smooth process? Moving is usually has a lot of, you know, ups and downs with it, but was that kind of a no brainer type decision for you or was it a difficult decision to make? Um, and what went into the, move, the actual move to LA? Uh, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but it was definitely uh, like a, a process. Um, I moved home from college after I dropped out in March and my parents were essentially giving me like a, a year to just, uh, because so, of COVID, it was supposed to only be for the summer, but because of COVID, they gave me a year to just like chill, spend time with my dad. I didn't really get a chance to do that growing up as much. Um, and then towards the end of that, I was like, okay, now I need to move out. Where am I going to go? And I narrowed it down to just getting a one bedroom in Raleigh, which is where I, I was living um, and where I grew up, or either getting a, a one bedroom or moving in with my friend Adot in Texas, uh, if 
he and his girl were cool with that. And but my last option, dead last option, was moving to LA um, because I just I didn't like it. It was like too many people. It's very expensive to live in LA. So I was just like, if I have to, I will. Uh, but it ended up being to where living in Raleigh was going to be the same price. Like a one bedroom in Raleigh versus a two bedroom in LA was going to be the same price either way. Um, and wow. I think Adot's girl didn't really want me living in the house. Uh, and I didn't want to get like a, a one bedroom that close to him for no reason if I could just stay home. So I was like, yeah. you know what? LA yeah. is my best option. We actually tried for a while to get like a five bedroom house with uh, I think four people. And just landlords did not want like a bunch of 20 year old kids who are self-employed, like renting a house versus a family, which with the renting market is super good right now, I guess. And they could get no problem. So eventually after like four months of looking for an apartment or for a house, me and Jake were just like, you know, we need, I need to move out of my parents' house. Jake wants to get back in LA. Like, let's just get a two bedroom. And then like a week later we got approved. Like we were applying to houses and getting denied, denied, denied. And finally we were just like, let's get an apartment. And instantly we got approved. Amazing. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, and tell me a little bit about dropping out too. Like you said, you were in college for a while. Um, how, again, how did that come about? Like how how long were you in college for? At what point did you decide to drop out? And was that in itself a difficult decision? Mm-hmm. Or was that again, like kind of, you knew what, what you were doing? Uh, I definitely knew what I was doing there. I told myself, I didn't tell my parents or anyone else this, but I told myself before I went to college that I was not going past my sophomore year. And if I wasn't making a living off music, by the time I got to my sophomore year, I was gonna drop out and just flip burgers or something while I made music. Um, so fortunately, halfway through my sophomore year, I was making not definitely not enough to live on, but it was like a thousand bucks a month or so. And it was like solid money for music to where I was confident that if I dropped out and put my all into music for the, the summer that I had to live at my parents' house, that I would be making a good decision by dropping out and making enough to live off of by the end of that. Now, looking back at that, I could have seriously fucked up my life. Like I seriously could not like maybe a certain placement doesn't drop or like, you know, like fresh air, that record that kind of started getting my consistent income going, never dropped. Like who knows? Right. Um, and I don't know where I'd be if I, I guess at the end of that summer, I wasn't uh, able to live off of music, but essentially I knew what I was doing and halfway through sophomore year, I just dropped out. I was considering enrolling in full sale, but I couldn't get enough like a uh, uh, financial assistance to do that. So I was just like, uh, let me just go full time. Like I, I remember being on an interview uh, on the phone thinking that I was going to get uh, financial assistance because they were like, yeah, can you like send me any music you've done? So I sent them a link to Fresh Air and I sent them to the link to the song with Fetty Wap and they were like, wait, what? You have a song with Fetty Wap? Yeah. Why are you enrolling in like music school? And mm-hmm. then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm a shoe in to get financial assistance. Uh, come two months later, they don't, they want to give me like 2000 bucks financial assistance out of the 60,000. So yeah, I was just like, wow. let me just go off and do my thing. Wow, that's surprising, but it all worked out. Yeah. So, so being in LA, you said you didn't really like the idea of it. Like it was kind of your last option. Um, what were you, what were the things you were most worried about going to LA, like or, or not wanting to be there? And then since then, has any of that changed? Um, my perspective has definitely changed. Like I. I came out here saying, oh, I'll probably be out here for two years, three years max. Now looking at it, I could see myself staying out here for uh, an indefinite amount of time. I don't think I would raise a family here, but like I'll, I'll stay here until I feel like leaving. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I was worried. Obviously, the financial aspect is like it's very expensive to live here. So I was a little bit worried about that. And then the people here, I didn't I've only been here a couple of times before I moved. So I didn't know like you always hear these people are fake. Like, you know, there's so many homeless people and people are going to use you. And honestly, like what I've learned the most is you your people are who you surround yourself with. So like I found friends here and, and people that I met through Jake and whatnot that like are in my circle and they're not going to use me like they're not weirdos I'm, there's all, plenty of that in la but it didn't doesn't really matter to be honest like if you want to move here don't let that stop you um and then also mm-hmm. uh there's so much traffic here i was like oh should i come out here with a car or like, should i like uber around everywhere which is expensive thankfully my roommate has a car jake, jake has a car um so like when we're going to big house a big hits house and whatnot i can uh like tag along with him and I'm thinking about getting a car soon but that is one thing that I was like stressed about like I hate traffic and paying for parking everywhere but at the end of the day you just gotta mm-hmm. suck it up like I'm gonna get a car I'll, I'll pay for parking yeah. it is what it is yeah and then being in LA like how do you take care I mean you already said you go to the gym in the morning so um how, but yeah so in, in general I guess we can go in more in depth into that like how do you take care of your health and mental health being out in LA. Cause I know a lot of producers, even if they're not in LA, like any creative that has to spend a long amount of time in front of a computer, it can get really tough on their health both ways. So what do you do to take care of yourself there? Um, well, I don't really specifically have a plan with that necessarily. I try to get my calories. I try to get 4,000 calories a day, which is like, cause I'm trying to like bulk up, I guess. But uh, as far as mm-hmm. taking care of my health goes, yeah, just going to the gym and making sure I don't slack on eating what I need to eat. Um, and then being in front of a screen all day, I mean, yeah, that's probably not great for like my eyes and whatnot, but it doesn't really make me sad or anything. Like, you know, I, I do music cause I like to do music. So it's, it's really not yeah. uh, stressful and like my mental health, that's like, I'm, I know that's a real problem and I'm sure that's, uh, like people struggle with that a lot, but personally, I, I don't think that I've struggled with that a lot and I've been very blessed to not have to deal with that. Uh, but if I do, then, you know, we'll get there and, and see how I deal with it when that happens and then are you so can you outlift tyler like oh, what's yeah. the deal oh with yeah that? it's actually funny so he came yeah. to north carolina for uh like a, a festival a music festival i guess uh or a show for some right. of the uh, artists from there that were performing and my neighborhood at my mom's house where we were staying at has a, a gym and i wasn't working out before uh i moved to la so i figured hey i'll try it now that i'm back for christmas so we both went down there and tested our maxes mm-hmm. uh i don't want to embarrass him his max is a nine. No, just joking. So <laughs> he he maxed out at one sixty. I maxed out at one ninety. But he doesn't he doesn't go to the gym. I try to get him yeah. to come to the gym, but he's like he always says like oh I will I will, and he just never does. Like he will like once every two weeks, and it's just like pointless, you know, because you're gonna get your gains for one day and then it yeah. just not work out. Again. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah no i tried to i think i had a like a conversation with him about it too he, he was very honest so nice. you know shout out to tyler <laughs> that's funny though he just got back um, like a day ago and he's feeling terrible he can't even make loops right now i think he's like an ear infection really? or something yeah oh no damn i hope he gets better soon man and and even speaking to tyler um he was i, I think he told me about the fact that when recently you guys have been worked like your collaborations together have been um really fruitful like you guys have been going off especially i think was he talk i think he was talking about samples mainly yeah um yeah tell me a little bit about that so man he's not supposed to say anything yet no we're, we're thinking about starting like a little duo 
Uh, we're still coming up with like a name and everything. Uh, it's like completely unofficial right now, but he moved to LA mm -hmm. and I think we work really well together because he was saying like, I'm a robot or whatever. Cause I have like a very technical way of going <laughs> about making things. And he yeah. has a very creative way of going about things. So it's like, we, I think our strengths complement each other a lot, but uh, we, we started mm -hmm. listening to like uh, Kingsway samples, like Frank Dukes and whatnot, and like Wallace Lane, just some like really right. intricate samples that take like time to make. Um, and we also have mm -hmm. like that mutual admiration for John Bellion and a lot of similar artists. So we, we really just, you know, had a conversation. We were like, yo, let's really try to become like, I don't, I don't want to say like the greatest of all time, but like, like really good at music <laughs> and uh, enough to have a legacy yeah. and, and work together to do that because we have a very similar vision for what we want out of a sample or out of a, a sample library and what we want our discographies to sound like. And so far it's, we've, rarely missed when we work together and sit down and take like two three four hours on one sample yeah and you i fully believe that because i remember even like years ago when you were sending me samples like those samples at that time were impressive so just Thank to you. know that you guys are i mean it's been a while you've obviously learned a lot and then working with someone else like tyler i can i can only imagine the type of stuff you guys are making Mm -hmm. um and that kind of brings me to another question like there's this whole i mean there, it's not as much of a debate now but it, it kind of um spikes up every now and then on twitter um and it's the debate between the producers that are making like thousands of beats or whatever like just tons of beats you know per day per week uh or samples or whatever um, and then there's the, the ones that are like, no, you got to focus on quality. So really, so th they basically start to debate quality and quantity um, heavily. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, personally, I'm always going to be on the quality side of that debate. But I mean, I respect both sides. It is yeah. what it is. If you don't want to take four hours to make like a timeless loop, then that's fine. That's your prerogative. Um, I mean, there's plenty of hit records that have been made in 15 minutes or at least like the sample has been made in 15 minutes. So it's like the only reason I would be on the quality side, I guess, because I enjoy that. I enjoy going and nitpicking every little thing and making sure a sample is perfect. And Tyler does too. That's why we work so well together. But uh, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. making little chord progressions. Oh, I don't want to talk shit. It's fun. Like making little 15 minute loops is fun too. Yeah, yeah, fair. I mean, you talk your shit if you want to. No, you no, know? no. Like, I'm, I'm I don't like it. disrespect it. It's just like... It, yeah yeah i don't know it is what it is <laughs> yeah well i was i was talking to and actually i'll get to this with you too because you're you know what i'll, I'll go straight to it actually so you you you've obviously had a lot more studio sessions when you've been in la mm -hmm. since you've been in la um what's what are some of the things you've learned in those studio sessions like i assume you have to kind of work quicker unless they're using beats you've already made like how what's the process i assume every session is different as well but is there any like anything you've picked up that you can take as a lesson from all the sessions um i mean you're definitely right every session is different like some artists like to pull up beats that we've already made some artists like to cook from scratch some like to just record on loops and then we'll like do the drums later but um as far as something that i can pick up from every session is just like be adaptable and don't get discouraged. We had a, uh, a session with Kid Trunks. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know who that is, he was in uh, Members Only, Tentacion's Collective. And he, I don't know if he's just really picky or that day he wasn't like feeling music, but we probably went through like 500 beats and he was just not feeling it. 
finally we started making one that he didn't even sound like he liked but eventually like halfway through the beat he was like oh yeah, yeah i like this like keep running so like i don't know not every session is going to go great i guess and so the takeaway there is just be patient and, and keep working don't just give up on the session yeah that's crazy i mean i can like i've had sessions with um smaller artists especially when i'm developing them that of course there's going to be times where none, neither of us are feeling mm-hmm. it or one of them like I'm trying to work with something we've went through hundreds of beats and it's just not working um but i can't even imagine the pressure like that's got to be a lot more pressure when it's you know a bigger artist and he's he's there to you know make something with you so that's definitely a good lesson and it's really dope that you guys actually figured it out um yeah it's funny i was the one in when the chair playing the beats too yeah. and i like after like 200 beats or something i texted tyler i'm like yo i gotta go to the bathroom can you like take over and he was like nope good luck <laughs> that's hilarious bro of course um (laughs) so when you're in a session with yeah like yourself do you are you ever in sessions alone or i I assume like there's other producers there with you from viral uh me and jake are generally in every session together and tyler will tag along when he can okay and when jake's in there like how involved is jake in the actual beat making process is he kind of just sitting back and guiding the process or is he really in there like working on the beats as well just depends what he's feeling that day to be honest and same with me like sometimes i won't work on a beat sometimes mm-hmm. i will sometimes i'll be sitting on the beanbag and just be like hey that 808 needs to be here or something like that but we're all generally pitching in uh pretty equally uh, making beats and whatnot gotcha if you could have dinner with two people um dead or alive who would they be john billion for sure would be number one and then um, hmm. Tom Brady would be the other one. Nice. I just feel like he's like nice. the epitome of like man, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, he's incredible. I just yeah, no, I can for learn sure. some lessons from Tom Brady. <laughs> for sure. And then your top three, your favorite artists right now. Right now. So it could be big or small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I'm saying it a lot, but John Bailey, that's number one for sure. Um, it's all good. Yeah. I would say Jack Harlow uh, would be number two this year. And then shout out to North Carolina. Um, Marco Luca would be number three. I know I work with him, but like, yeah, I, those I are all really fire. like his like music personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, man. Like, I mean, that's a blessing. Like, you're one of your favorite artists. If you can work with them, that's, I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you worked with them recently? Um, I've been sending him beats. We, uh, we've texted a little bit, but we haven't really, we haven't made a song since January, but we made a really good song in January. <laughs> I hope, I hope that one comes bet, out. Bet. Okay. Last yeah. January. I know it's January now. So I guess it's been a year since we made a song. No, no. He's a busy man. I got you. I bet he is. Yeah, is he? Does he do a lot of shows now, or what? I mean, I know it's COVID and all that, but uh, yeah, they his band Western Estate just got off uh, like a little tour, like a four show tour. They played actually SOBs in New York, which is crazy to me. But um, wow, yeah, I think he's trying to get more into that. Um, he didn't perform at the festival in North Carolina. I wish I wish he would. I would like to see him perform there. But uh, yeah, I think he's trying to get yeah. more into that, and then hopefully releasing an album this year. I'm not sure, but I think so. I don't know. But no, I'm looking forward to it. I hope he does, man. He's he's incredible. All those all those Western State guys are um, really fucking talented. 
Mm-hmm. They're really good at what they do. Shout out to Western State. Yeah. What's your dream placement? Mm, it used to be Young Thug, but now I would probably say. You're gonna kill me, John Bellion. <laughs> I've been I've been liking pop a lot right. more recently. Like I, I got into music and like rap was like yeah. what I focused on. But now like I don't pop just speaks to me more like over the, over the past year. Bro, I feel that. I feel that. Um, it, are you making a lot more pop beats now? Mm-hmm. Like, is that your favorite too. type of beat to make? Like, honestly, country is like country. what I've been making a lot of recently. How do you go about making a country beat, bro? Because I've been, like, I was, I had a country singer um, last year that I really wanted to, I just want to drop a country song just to say I did it. <laughs> um, and, and I like all genres. Like, I really respect all genres. So I wanted to drop a fire country song, but... What's your process in making like a country beat? So it's really important that you get a guitar sample that sounds like a country beat because they're really hard to find. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and shout out Seth, Got the Waves, IOF, and Z Beats. They have, they're not even like country guitarists by any means, but they definitely have some samples that would really work with country beats. And um, so finding a sample is really important. And then uh, once you do that, I think there's just like really three directions you can take it. You can obviously do trap drums on it and make a country trap beat. Or you could just find like really pop drums and lean into like some Justin Bieber type drums and and it'll end up sounding like a Morgan Wallen country pop beat. Or you could find really organic soft drums and go like a Luke Combs direction. Um, but really it's just making sure all the sounds go together and there's like either a blues scale or something like that in the guitar that makes it sound like Western. You actually just straight up dropped some gems there because I remember like I was looking for guitar samples for country and they were really hard to come across. Yeah. Um, I made the so I'll definitely check those guys out. The Kid G song, I made that beat in like July or something like that. Uh, and it was like the one country yeah. guitar sample that like I, I found and I uploaded the beat. It did really well on YouTube. That's actually how he found it. Kid G found the beat on YouTube. But uh, mm. after that, I probably went four months without making another country beat because I just could not find any guitar country sample. So I stopped looking. And then IOF uh, sent Jake some loops, or I think he's been sending Jake loops, and he alley-ooped them to me. And I was like, yo, these will really work for yeah. country. That's real. Yeah. I'm going to have to check those guys out because. For real. Yeah. Um, if you were given $100,000, what would you do with it? Right now, I would put like eighty thousand of it in crypto, and then um, I would I would just buy I think a car with the other twenty thousand. <laughs> Nothing but, crazy. But, like I think I've got a setup that I like. I don't need to trick it out or anything too much. Maybe like I'd probably get some spec. upgrades for my PC too. Instead, like you know, take a little bit mm-hmm. from the car money. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really big on crypto. So like, I don't get me wrong. Respect. I don't know okay. much about it. I just know that it's done nothing but go up in the past 10 years. And so mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Does ADOT, like I know ADOT's super invested in a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Is he someone who you get, like you guys get crypto advice from, or is that, am I mistaken in that? Like you guys all just do your own thing? Not necessarily advice. We'll shout out little cryptos to each other and, and figure out what each other is investing in and mm-hmm. whatnot. But uh, I do get a lot of advice from him, like life advice. Uh, he's one of my like biggest mentors. So big shout out to him. He's uh he's actually investing. He got I think his second investor investment property now, and now he's got a second Tesla that he's throwing. So he's definitely uh turning up on the. Uh, oh, I didn't stuff. realize he had a second Tesla. I thought that was his main Tesla that he was he was using on Turo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, he actually has like I don't even know what his other car is. I think it's a 
Volkswagen, but that's like his main car, and then he'll barely drive the Tesla. But then, so when he's not driving the Tesla Damn, okay, or okay. Teslas now, it was like two days ago mm-hmm. that he got the other one. Um, he's there on okay, tour okay. making money for him. Good for him, man. That guy is just good for him. Mm-hmm. I got to get him on here, man. I really, I do want to talk <laughs> to him. Um, so you actually addressed something that I, I did want to ask you, like when you're when you're lost. So like it could be music wise, business wise or life wise when you need like you need some advice from someone. Um, who are you going to? My dad. And, and your dad. Mm-hmm. But ADOT too, like there's not always just one but, person. So ADOT is definitely like if I feel like ADOT can answer a question, I'll definitely go to him. He, he has a very good understanding right. of life, a, a very practical understanding of life, too. Got you. Cool. And then if you had a thousand dollars to spend on your career, how would you spend that? Mm. I would probably just buy like certain effect plugins that are like like a bunch of stuff that I've never tried before. Like if I just had, hey, use a thousand dollars to spend on whatever right now, like mm-hmm. it has to do with music, I would just Go go to my like, little list of plugins in my phone and just get some shit that I've never tried before. To, I, I've been trying to just try as many new things as possible to, so that my loops don't get too stagnant and I can get like a new sound every time I make a loop. Makes sense. Would you consider yourself introverted or extroverted? Uh, introverted, but I'm definitely becoming more extroverted, especially since I moved to LA. Yeah, one thing people don't really like, they'd like to be very binary with introverted and extroverted. Like, some introverts will say, oh, I'm introverted and that's it. But I've, I've definitely seen a lot of people that either go back and forth between the two or they're introverted and they can at least like push qualities of being extroverted and get a little more comfortable there. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. What's the best studio yeah, session thanks. you've ever had, if there is one? Um, or like a really good experience that you would consider up there and why was it so good? I would say the first session that we had with Young Pinch because uh, I remember Internet Money was working with him like three years ago and that's kind of when I first got introduced to him and I just really liked his music and I, and I ended up producing for Guap Dad 4000 who is also managed by him. So I ended up emailing his manager. I was like, yo, can I send beats to Pinch? Which was like three years ago and my beats were not near what they are now. Uh, I ended up sending him a pack and nothing ever came of it. And so I was like, I'm going to work with Young Pinch one day. And then, you know, finally getting to be able to be in a studio session with him and knocking out three songs. I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is what I do this for. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Truly, like, I, I remember when I first heard of Young Pinch, too, it was it was because of Internet Money. And then mm-hmm. it was because of Taz. He tweeted something about him. Um, and so to, to for you to go to L.A. and work with, you know, the Beach Boy himself, that's that's really dope. Um, what's the worst Beach studio session? Yeah. Uh, what's the worst studio session you've had? If I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but what made it bad? It would be that Kid Trunk session for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just because it was like, it was two hours before we started recording. And then as soon as we started recording uh, Rumor, RMR, he got there. And we finally started recording Kid Trunks. And it's like, we can't like dub him and go work with Rumor now. So we kind of like, I think... I think he ended up trying to hop on the song as well or like we finished the song and then we started working with rumors so it was okay but it was just really like frustrating because the guy was not working he just came from uh mastro's which is like a really nice restaurant in la Mm. with these like two girls um and it was and then they just like left like 10 minutes later the girls did so i was like what uh but yeah it, it was just a little bit frustrating to have to sit so long without actually doing anything 
Of course. And then is there a lesson you picked up from that? Or was that more of just like a, well, like that happens sometimes and you just move on? That is the lesson, I think. Like, you know, not every session is going to go well. Don't expect every session to go well. Right. What was the session where Tyler had described this in the podcast? He said that there was a time when you were basically working with someone and then Tyler was trying to work and but it whatever Tyler was doing was just not working with the session. Um, I don't know if the artist wasn't fucking with his beats. I can't remember specifically what he said, but he ended up going home and then working on him, you know, his own stuff. Mm. So that's the second Young Pinch session we did. Um, he ended up recording on one of Luke's beats. And then the second one was one of my beats. It's I think that that's actually my favorite song we've done with him, the one we did that day. And yeah. Tyler just kind of got to the session and we started going through beats. And Tyler realized that he didn't really have any beats for Young Pinch. He was like, yo, I need to go make some beats yeah. for Young Pinch for this person we have a session with next week. And you know, I just don't have enough beats. And so he just he, he left and it was cool. Like. Cool. And he didn't have any beats, so might as you know. I guess I would have stayed personally because I liked being in the studio and mm-hmm. being with an artist that I like a lot. But it's a prerogative. He he left him to go make beats. Yeah. How do you like if you're trying to learn something new? It doesn't have to be music. It could be anything like a skill, a talent, some a skill. Um, how do you learn best? Um, I always just go to YouTube and like try to find examples of other people doing it or like in-depth explaining of how to do that skill. And that's, I think, how I learned best. Um, mm-hmm. With music, especially like tutorials are kind of how I got into it. Shout out to SplitMind recently. Like I hadn't watched a lot of tutorials until SplitMind started putting them out because I know how to make beats. But it's like as soon as they started putting out tutorials, it's like, okay, here's some stuff that I don't know yet and yeah. some insight onto how some other people that I think are fire work. Yeah, those guys are crazy. Mm-hmm. And then what's one piece of advice you've, you'd give to someone who's starting out um, producing? Be patient. Um, I mean, I've been making beats for six years and I'm now really just starting to get to a level of success where I expected to be at to do this for a full-time career. Um, and that's honestly like quick, like six years is, I mean, you go to school for 12 years just to get into college and go to school for another four years just to get a job. So it's like, to be able to do something in six years and make a living off of it to me is, is really like I've been blessed in my opinion to to be able to do that. And if you have been making beats for six years or even longer and you're not where you want to be, don't let that discourage you. Mm-hmm. Like just keep keep your head down. Keep trying to get better. And then what do you say to someone who like you said that you you got to a point um, where you were making like a consistent like thousand dollars a month. Right. Um, how does one like. How would certain producers look to reach that? Is there anything that you would say that, I guess, works better than others or things that they should be looking at that maybe they're not? So, I mean, everyone's different. Uh, You just got to try what works for you. For me, it was starting to upload type beats of the artists that I was working with already, like Marco Luca I mentioned, or Weston Estate, Kevin Powers, because no one else was uploading those type beats because they weren't big artists but i personally had faith in them to become bigger artists and not to say they're huge now but they have enough of a fan base where there's certain people searching for those type beats and i can make a decent amount of sales off that on the beat sales side and on the other side of that i'm building up songs in their catalogs um and and starting to make like consistent money off the master royalties and the publishing off that so i think just find what works for you make a plan and then just stick with that plan like day in and day out. And because you've worked like so closely with these, I, I call them independent artists. I don't know if Marco's independent. Yeah. 
Is he? Well, yeah, Marco and Weston are not, uh, but like Kevin and Kadoku, they are. Okay, yeah. So working with artists like that, um, what's some advice you could give? Because I, I know as a producer, I can, I've worked with enough artists to now be able to actually like understand what they are doing wrong. Like it sometimes takes an outsider perspective to really see like wh- where they're going right and where they're going wrong. So um, what advice could you give to independent artists um, that are trying? And, and let's assume they have good enough, like their music's pretty good. What's kind of the next step for them? Um, drop music like don't stop dropping music don't like let anybody get in your head about telling you what you should and shouldn't drop build up a catalog find which songs you like and then honestly drop as much as possible like once every two weeks even once a week um, I would also say like stay away from albums like this is just my opinion I guess but like if you're just still trying to build your fan base just keep hitting them on the head with singles because that's really what's going to give you the best bang for your buck especially if you're putting a lot of money into your music which that's another thing. Like, I don't really know how to market music and whatnot from an artist perspective, but I do know that like, if you're making money off music, put that shit back in, just like any other business. I completely agree, actually. Uh, like a thousand percent with like, everything you just said. Um, yeah, drop. Like, yeah, I have nothing more to add. You just said it. Um, <laughs> if your music's good, like honestly, it's going to speak for itself. Exactly. Like, you don't need any tricks or gimmicks. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you just straight up just need to drop and that's how you'll get your music out enough to actually get the people that will like your music to listen and hear it and like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you've been learning a lot lately. And, and well, I guess, you know, with Tyler and all that, with the samples, like what are some of the newer things that you've been focusing on or learning or have learned um, that you didn't really do before or didn't really pay attention to before? Um, so one thing I guess is I was definitely on that quantity side of the debate at first. And as I started to, I guess, fall in love with music more, um, and really think about samples the way I do, like making an actual song, um, I I guess I learned that that for me works way better and I'm way more happier with the product that comes from that. Um, I guess another thing is trial and error, uh, like there should be no limit on how many times you try something if the sample's not sounding right because a lot of times i would i would get tired of just continuously fucking with the sample over and over again and i would find something i I would just be like okay this sounds good enough time to move on to the next part of the sample or done with the sample whatever but i think for me the uh, an important thing that i've learned is keep fucking with it until you think it's perfect and you hear whether it's like you reverse a counter melody then you stretch it and you just keep fucking with it until it sounds perfect and you're like okay this is a hit just don't settle you know what is a piece of equipment um aside from your computer that you can't live without maybe that's too strong of a question but like yeah and it, and it could be it could be anything it could be like a vst it could be a physical piece of equipment but what's one that you're like no nah, that's that's the one like i need this or your favorite one uh, i i really cannot make samples nowadays without the good hertz plugins like if if anyone doesn't know what that is uh so it's a company that makes vsts such as like a wolf compressor tube midside matrix lossy those type of plugins like i guess that whole set of plugins i just love them so much those are fire plugins yeah they're fire Mm -hmm. and then thus far in your career what would you consider your biggest failure and what did you learn from that biggest 
failure. Uh, I'm not going to say the exact song or artist, but there was a song that I was really too worried about fucking up the relationship with the artist or what's actually like industry standard and whatnot. Uh, but I took way less than I should have on like the, the master royalty. I ended up getting nothing on the master royalty on this actually on this song. It's not like one of my biggest songs by any means, but mm. did numbers. And I wish that uh, just on principle, I would have stood my ground and, and got what I deserved on that song because in hindsight, I feel taken advantage of, but uh yeah, I guess that what I've learned from it is don't don't be pushed around uh, and, and know what you deserve. Yeah, for sure. That's so important with the music industry, 100%. Um, mm. And then what do you struggle with, do you think, the most right now? Like it could be, it, again, it could be specifically music related. It could be with your day, like whatever it is. But what do you think like you need to work on the most right now or you're trying to work on the most right now? Um. Uh, Actually, I recently had this realization. I think as I've started to, like people have started to demand more things of me, uh, and like especially in work, um, I've started to get like really stressed and I'm really trying to like not get stressed. I'll start pacing around the apartment and getting in my head, mm-hmm. thinking about stuff. Um, and that's actually really bad for gaining weight. It's like I got down actually. So I, I moved out here. I was 155, got up to 167 now. And then I was back down to like 158 a couple of days ago. I've gotten back mm. up to 162 now. But as far as like like stress building up goes, that was like killing my weight gain. Um, and so I'm, I'm really focused on, I don't know, maybe that's the like mental health battle that you would be talking about mm. earlier. I'm trying to deal with that now. Yeah interesting yeah yeah no that makes a lot of sense yeah because i i have a high metabolism too so when i'm gaining weight like i know like there's so many little factors that can affect it so it's interesting that you picked that up um so i mean i guess i kind of already asked this but i'll kind of ask it anyways and and see but i was just how do you keep yourself consistent with everything you have on your plate um because it does require everything you guys are doing it requires a ton of consistency is it the fact that Jake's around so you guys can hold each other accountable? Um, or is it something else? Or you've just kind of built these habits and you've always had them? Uh, I, I would say Tyler definitely is the one who would be holding me accountable just because we work together so much, um, like on the musical level. But I think that personally, I'm a very routine-based person. So once I ingrained, okay, I have to make this many loops every week. Uh, although I actually took that out. I don't want to put a number on it anymore. But if I just right. you know make making loops and beats a part of my day and my routine, I find that I'll, I'll meet whatever's expected of me. Okay. And then I have to ask, like, how does it feel that um, Tyler is the face of viral? Like, is there some jealousy in that or is that just kind of... Is Tyler the face of viral? I would say Jake's the face of viral. I don't know. I was just told, I was just told by Tyler that Tyler was the face of viral. And, um, you know, I just... Tyler can think what he wants. All right. That's okay. I don't want the spotlight. He can have it. Okay, understood. And then tell me about Arby's as well. Like, what's what? (laughs) I've never been. I'll be real, man. I've never been to Arby's. So you gotta go to Arby's, bro. Bro, let me just. Oh yeah, you're in Canada, aren't you? Let me check. I think we have one. I think we have one. Like, I think I we have. They have the meats, bro. What'd you say? They have the meats. (laughs) Yeah, we have them here. I just saw that fucking slogan. Um. So, what's the deal with Arby's? Like, why is it so special to Viral? It seems like it's a, it's a key component. It's just really been a running joke. We, uh, I think we just like tweeted 
that we liked Arby's one time, like Jake did or something. And a lot of people were just like, oh, you're weird. You fuck Arby's, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. honestly, like, yo, it's good food. Like, we all <laughs> like it. And so we're going to stand with Arby's till the day yeah. we die. We're going to die on that hill. And if you, bro, because I want to try now. So if you were to go to Arby's, <laughs> like, what would you recommend? I've never been there. Personally, I just get the, like, number three, like, big-ass roast beef sandwich and just drench it in Arby's sauce. But I know, I forgot what it's called that Jake gets. It's, like, French something. Let me look it up real quick. All right. Arby's French. Uh, something about French. Oh, there's something with French dip. Oh, yeah. French dip in Swiss. I think that's what the, the sandwich is called. But... um. Yeah, it's basically similar to what I get, but they put like cheese on it and this dip. All right, say less. I'm gonna have to try. I'll let y'all know. Um, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> uh, what do you say to someone who basically comes up to you and says, yo, I have all this going on. I have like a school job. Um, I have school, I have a job. I have like, all these things to take care of. How, And but they want, I want time to pursue my passion. Like, or I don't, I don't have time to pursue my passion. Like I have no time. Um, what do you, I mean, I know every situation is different, but what kind of advice would you have for that person? If you had any, I would ask them what they do on a daily basis, like, and get their actual schedule. And because mm-hmm. I doubt, like, I know there's some people that really are booked like this, but like there, you have 16 to 18 hours a day. There's no way, in my opinion, that you can't make time for an hour or two a day to work on your passion if it's really your passion. So, yeah, in in my opinion, that's not an excuse for 99% of people. Um, and you just got to, like, maybe it means giving up video games or giving up whatever, you know, hobby you're doing. If If your passion is actually your passion, then it should be a priority over those things. If you could remove all barriers and constraints what uh what project would you take on like what project would you do you mean like in music or just in life anything Um, anything um shoot i would probably try and see how far i could take my basketball career to be honest with you i was pretty decent in high school and i if i didn't find music who knows what could happen so i guess that that would be the project i would you know, start training. No, that's cool. Putting in hours to that, like I am in music. That's cool. Hey, I'll have to one one on one you because uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll <laughs> Everybody see says that. that I'm the best hooper in the producer community, though. Bro, you know that. bro, bro, bro. I right, right, relax. I'm gonna move on from this <laughs> question because <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, I have to settle it on the court. So, um, what are your what are your biggest goals related to and unrelated to music? So related to music, I would like to go platinum this year and I want to be doing on average half a million streams a day. Right now I'm at about like 150K to 200K. I want to do half a million streams a day. I'm super obsessed with like streams and analytics and, you know, those type of stats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I can get, you know, consistent streams on a certain day and, and nail like my income down at that point because you get a certain amount per stream and whatnot uh i think half a million would be realistic and really cool to do for this year um as far as non-related to music goes is by the end of the year i would like to have an investment property um Mm -hmm. and then i think uh i would like to be 185 pounds that's kind of a lot but i think i can do it 
Um, and that's it. Really just, you know, I, I guess another one to music related. It's not really, a, I guess, a goal that you can write down and say, hey, I achieved this. But just to have, uh, like, be completely and utterly happy with the music that I created this year, mm. um, as far as the quality goes. Got you. Well, I hope you reach all those, and especially that that weight one is is a cool. That's a, that's a cool cool one to me. So we'll see, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Like you know, because we'll be able to tell the difference for sure. Like one, would you say one eighty five? Yeah, so I'm one sixty five yeah. right now. I've gained ten pounds last year. Guess I'll try and do Bet. twenty this year. Nice man, nice. Um, what's Thank your you. favorite instrument? Um, I would say guitar. Yeah. But not as is like, oh, I hear the guitar loop and I just love it so much. I think the guitar is very versatile where you can put little plucks and pitch bends and, and different effects on it. And there's just so many different ways you can make it sound. That's why I love it so much. Got you. What's one thing that someone can do or a quality that someone can have that makes you immediately or basically not want to work with them or have any sort of relationship with them? Um... I think I have a pretty good radar of telling when people are, are like fake and they keep flexing certain things like, yo, it's LA, bro. Everybody knows somebody here. Um, mm. And so I, I kind of don't like when people start to do that and they come off as fake to me. That makes sense. And then I'll ask the opposite of that question. Like what what quality can someone have or something that someone can do that makes you go, okay, like this person's solid. Like I'm, I'm going to work with this person or I, I'm down to work with this person or have a relationship with them. If you have uh, self-awareness, I think that's very important because if you have self-awareness, even if you're not good at something, you know you're not good at it and you know how to get better at it. Great answers. Um, honestly, you've basically answered every question. I I had a couple oh, more, yeah. but they, they've been answered because I was going to ask you about the Young Pinch sessions. Um, if there's any more details you have on those, I'd love to hear them, but like, it sounds like you gave me a lot. Nah, he's uh, I mean, he's a cool guy. I would love to have some more sessions with him. I think we will uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. We've done five songs so far. I, I like all of them, I think. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they drop. Cool. Yeah, man, that's all I got. Um, I could ask you a little bit about Viral and like where, you know, what what's next for you guys, like what, what you guys are looking forward to. Um, but I could just ask Jake that because I know, you know, I don't know what you guys can talk about at this point. Well, we've got um, five people under paperwork right now out of the 14 people that are on our team. So I guess the next priority is getting everybody else under paperwork. Um, And then I guess becoming... uh, Personally, I still want to just be a loop guy primarily. But as a team, I think Alex and Bighead want to get us more involved in sending actual beats out as well. So I'd say that's probably another step that we're going to be taking in the near future. But yeah, I mean, I'll let Jake answer because he definitely knows more about the goals of the company that he owns than I do. Right. Um, Yeah. And when you say Alex, that's that's a manager. Alex Loyalty, Big Head's manager. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Got you. He's just Jake's business partner. I don't even think he's actually Big Head's manager. Technically, they're 50-50 business partners, I think. Got you. Cool, man. Well, is there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about? No, I think that's good. Good. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, I'll leave the floor to you so you can plug yourself. Um, you know, whatever you <laughs> want to plug, take your time, go ahead. 
Shit, I mean, my Instagram and Twitter at Nick Nash Beats. YouTube's also Nick Nash Beats. Um, if you want to purchase my loop kits, producerlabs.io. Just go and my loop kit should be on the front page. Or if they're not, you can search Nick Nash. But that's really all I have to plug. Thank you for having me on, man. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, like you dropped some bars in there, some gems. So we'll talk soon at uh, soonish. Like I'm sure we'll be talking, um, you know, soonish because you got a lot going on. You guys are doing great things with, with virals. So yeah, I just appreciate you taking the time, man. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Awesome, man. Good talking. <laughs>